Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. I'm sitting now with Frank Holmes. Frank is CEO and Chief Investment Officer of US Global Investors. He's a man I've interviewed before. He's a very clever man, and it's a, it's a pleasure to be interviewing you once again, Frank. Hello, how are you doing? I'm great. Outstanding in the bear market. <laughs> and so we're sitting here at the PDAC, the biggest mining conference in the world, and Frank, you're about to go on and do a talk, and I see the subject of your talk, or one of the slides that you've presented to me, is, is, is China in a bubble? There's a lot of negative press on China at the moment, and I understand you've got some, uh, some opinions about that. So why don't we talk about that? Well, I think that uh, China has been trying to slow down their economy, uh, which they've done because they had inflationary concerns, in particular real estate. And the, the negative perceptions are so pervasive in every part of what's taking place in China. Uh, so we like to take a look at this piece of research put away by the bank credit analyst that shows you basically bubbleology, as they like to call it, a parabolic move, a negative sentiment towards China on everything that's out of context. So even recently now, the, the star basketball player from Harvard that plays for the New York Knicks yeah. uh, is, is a reporter from ESPN, was fired over his sort of racial slurs. Uh, this sort of pervasiveness and this apathy that's in the marketplace. And everyone's going, China's going to burst, the bubble's going to pop. And I'm finding it fascinating that when you take a look underneath the hood and you look at an iPad, all the Chinese do is assemble it. Most of the parts in the intellectual capital come from San Francisco. And the other subparts come from Korea and Taiwan, and they're shipped in by parts to China. And only 7% of the costs of an iPad, the costs are actually uh, Chinese. But it's treated as it's all Chinese. Uh, people are not doing their homework. When you buy a house in China, you have to put down 30%. Second house, you have to put down 50%. So that you don't have the mortgage dilemma that's to hit Europe or hit America on people putting down 1%. You have basically have most of the money that's gone to these properties has been cash. Further to that, with the slowdown in the economy and housing and any type of inflation, the Chinese came up with policies you can only buy one house and any sort of speculative move and trying to slow things down, which they've done, and now they've opened the spigot. And now you're seeing that money's going back into the system. And we believe that money supply is an important precursor to government programs. Okay, let me ask you one question. I've looked at a few videos on YouTube. China's ghost towns, roads to nowhere, huge blocks being built that are unoccupied. What would you say, you know, if, if I counted your argument saying, what about all these empty properties? Well, one of the biggest uh, inter-Mongolia inter properties is a coal magnet, a billionaire, a multi-billionaire from coal. He can't take the money to the country. So he builds takes basically nothing land and builds a community, a city, to attract everyone to it. He's trying to build something in Inner Mongolia. Uh, so this is where it gets grossly exaggerated that you know, the whole place is empty cities. 
uh, when recently I took the super train, and the the tragic accident took place last year. Immediately the government jumped on it, and there's been accidents in Europe, there's been accidents in trains in America, but it got it received so much of a negative perspective. I took the train. It's unbelievable from Shanghai to Beijing. We took a board, our whole board of directors on this, and to watch the growth that's taking place throughout China. There's a big program to create housing for uh, people that can affordable housing, co-op housing throughout China.、Uh, I think these are very positive programs, but they're not getting、um, the the view. That's in the media. It's something that's negative and then grossly exaggerated. So we have a bubble in anti, in, in negative sentiment towards China, and and the Chinese economy is what pretty much flat. Well, no, it's growing. It's still growing. It's just not. It's just disaster. It's not growing at eleven percent. It's slowed down to nine. Okay. All right. That's that's a disaster. Uh, and I think when you take a look at that context, oh, they had protests and strikes. Well, they, they do have those issues, and they have a, a serious in the far western provinces. They have a Muslim issue, and、uh, you hear about this in the UK, and you hear about it anywhere else in the world. But China, all of a sudden, it's put out of context.、Uh, you can protest in China.、Uh, they track those things because they're very consumed with the health, the happiness of people. Deng Xiaoping said, "It is the ability to make wealth, to create wealth for yourself, and that people are, are safe and happy." So all those policies are tracking that. If they find a government mayor that is a crook, because the people protest and the Chinese Communist government comes in to review it, that mayor gets put off, to, sent off to jail. So that is a process of how they actually accept protests. Okay, very good. I'm still giving too much for no, it. No, no, no. But I'm trying to put it the know, other part of you, it. You, you kind of need to overstate it in order to get the balance back in. in the other in. really important part is is the is the construction for railways that's taking place in China. That's、uh, still going on. Well, it's still going on, and you're not through the tipping point. In America, if you look back at history, Eisenhower came out after World War II with the interstate highway system throughout America. Basically, building 25,000 miles of highway systems that created the Dairy Queen, that created motels, that made little villages into towns. Well, China's doing it with railway, light railway that's going 300 kilometers an hour. They're slowing down from 400. That's <laughs> down to 300,、uh, and and it was an incredible experience. Basically, coasting along at 20 feet above the ground on a system from Shanghai to Beijing, and watching the countryside and everything. It was clean. You see nothing but farms, and then you see city centers, and you just zoom across the nation.、Uh, remarkable. Well, they're they're not even halfway through building this. This will allow the common person, inexpensively, to be able to travel throughout the nation. They can't afford a car. They can't afford an airplane. They can afford the train system. Yeah. And within that, there's 20 cities building super subway systems. While this construction underground is not really being witnessed, except you see it were for copper and other metal needs. So I think it's very bullish. And Starbucks and Pizza Hut, all these other companies are all lobbying to be positioned there because they see massive opportunity. And the new train stations in Beijing are breathtaking to see that have been built for this system. Very good. Okay, now let's go back to this subject of money supply、uh, being a precursor to a, a, a boom, if you like.、Um, and you had some numbers on Chinese money supply. Do you want to discuss those? Well, it's important for how we look at, at government policies. We like to compare for simplicity the G7 countries versus the E7 countries, and we like to see what governments are offering on, ne- on real interest rates that is above the CPI number, and we like to look at money supply. So what you see in the seven most populated countries in the world is money supply that's pushing on average 20 percent, and that's slowed down from 28 percent to 20 percent. 
the G7 countries, it's basically hovering around 4%. Okay. So basically what they're saying is that there's more loans and, and infrastructure and spending taking place in the emerging countries, which puts a big demand on the need for commodities. So that's why we like to follow the correlation of oil to money supply is something like 85% correlated. That's interesting. The other thing we like to look at is real interest rates. That is, what does a government offer you over the inflationary rate? And what is really shocking is that the G7 countries are offering you a negative real interest rate. So inflation is averaging around 3.5%, and they're giving you 10 basis points for your money market funds. Well, they're going to roll over this year. interest rates in the States But here's a real shocker. Well, short-term T-bills, 10 basis points. 10. Okay. Inflation, you know, just under 4 so you put those numbers together and say, wow, they're going to roll over this year, Europe, Japan, and America, $8 trillion. And those investors and those institutions that are buying that government paper are getting a negative real interest rate. And this is part of the fear trade, which is very bullish for gold. Yeah. And the other component I've mentioned before is the love trade for gold. And that is rising GDP in emerging countries that give gold. And there's a real pattern, 30-year chart I can show you, that the movements, the seasonal pattern of gold correlates very closely with holidays, religious uh, or, or uh, New Year holidays throughout the world. Yeah, very interesting. I have to say, I, I like gold. Um, do you? Uh, my, my kind of theory on gold is uh, is that you know after the run-up we had last year, we're in a kind of period of consolidation, and we're kind of going to range trade for a year or so. Would you agree with that, or do you see new new highs fairly soon? Well, what's is a great question, and what we have seen is that almost every new high is the convergence of the love trade and fear trade at the same time. Yeah. So when we saw um, QE2 in America coming out. At the same time, we had the season of lights in India. Okay. Gold hit a new time high. Then gold corrected. And then last summer, when we had the debt crisis in Greece and Europe, along with Obama fighting with Congress for for the debt ceiling being increased in America, you had the beginning of Ramadan, the beginning of August. So gold went to $1,900. They both showed up at the door at the same time. How interesting. So we feel that you could see this continue to take place. And I believe in your consolidation thesis, uh, gold will go through this sort of sideways move and digestion. But the, unless you get governments, in particular in the developed world, cutting back on their fiscal spending, then we're going to see gold rise to substantially higher levels. And I don't see that in the cards. They, I really don't see the courage and the discipline to make those, the, those really hardcore fiscal cuts. Not going to happen. They, they, they'll, deflate, they, they'll destroy the currency first. Um, Frank, it's, it's always a real pleasure talking to you, and, and thanks for giving me some of your time just before your interview. I can see you spooling forward quickly to, a, to another slide. What, what, what is this one you're about to show? What I want to show for the world is to recognize is that historically over 40% of global oil supply is under autocratic rule. Gaddafi's gone. Who's he replaced with? These factors aren't changing. So any type of a, an event taking place from, a, from Venezuela to Iran, etc., can create a tremendous supply restriction, whereas emerging markets continue to grow. We're now 7 billion people. And what the average person fails to recognize is that in the 70s when oil went to $85 a barrel, China and India had no global footprint. Today, they're over 15% of the world's GDP. Back then, they were less than two. The world's population is double. 
and embracing free markets to build their economy, I think you're going to see oil prices remain relatively high. You're going to see gold prices react to it. And if you looked at in the past 20 or 30 years, is the move in debt in America, the move in the GDP in America, the move in the S&P is substantially greater that gold from the 1980 peaks is only up two and a half times and oil is only up one and a half times. But money supply, money debt, etc., is up 17-fold. So I think that these asset classes will continue to prosper and most institutions I speak with, that the S&P 500, 15% is basic materials and energy and most of them are underweight. And that's why for the past decade they've underperformed the S&P 500. Very good. So we should be long resource stocks, we should be long gold, we should be long oil. What should we be selling? What should we be selling? Yeah. Uh, any debt, government debt. I, I think that's the seriously high risk uh, in investment. At what point is the bond market going to implode? I think you're going to take another two years. Uh, there's a wonderful research that went back 400 years, and it takes on average four years minimum, up to five years after a credit crisis to all of a sudden resolve itself. So we went back and looked at 97 when we had the Asian credit crisis. It wasn't until 2001. Russia and was in 98. It was 2002. And those two all of a sudden turning the corner as emerging countries was a, the basic bottom for the demand for commodities and the growth that's taking place. Very good. Well, Frank, uh, thank you very much for your time once again. If people want to find out more about you and your work and your fund, what's your website? usfunds.com. usfunds.com. Very good. Frank Holmes, thank you very much. And good luck with your talk. Thank you. Same with you. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 